0: Live from Battery Park, this is the award-winning stamp show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. This is episode number 374, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a non-profit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless tosh by joining the Stamp Show Here Today community. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership. Listen to the end credits for more information This is Cash This is Mark This is
1: Jim This is Scott This is Don
0: And I want to give a shout out to Fritz and Marna Who were at lunch with us at the uh, South Point Buffet today Very happy to see listeners showing up for the lunch Where are they from? Uh, Battery Park Oh, that's in New York That's Yeah, somewhere in New York It's where the battery is Yes, battery storage. They park,
2: they park it there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> double A. A different kind of battery. Double A, please. Cannons. <laughs> so a shout out to Carol R.
0: She uh, sent us a letter um, in the mail. Yay, mail. Yeah. Real mail. <laughs> wow. Not email. Well, actually, it that goes into this. Um, she addresses it to who it may concern, which kind it of... concerns us. It will... Why didn't they address it to one of us? <laughs> I mean, we don't have like a department of uh, opening mail or something. so Well, we, we do we, at your we, desk. We, yeah, we do, but. says, thank you very much for your podcast. You're very welcome. It is nice to hear about the latest in postage. Find and clothes to flyer for my project, Mail for Fun. And what she is doing... And I believe that she is a youngling, um, but she is taking on having letters sent to people, mail for fun. Uh, send someone the old school way by colorful or inventive use, uh, unique stamps. Make it your own. Brighten somebody's day, and uh, no digital, no texting, no tweeting, no emails. A letter. And uh, I sent her back one. I I did a Mail for Fun. And uh, so she should be getting it. A shout out to you. And everybody, let's uh, make November Mail for Fun Month.
1: Should we? Should well, we? Isn't, October, that isn't October Stamp Collecting Month?
0: Yeah, but uh, this is different from stamp collecting. This is using
1: postage. It was letter writing month.
0: Yeah. Well, in Japan, you have letter writing month.
3: Mm -hmm. And they issue beautiful stamps for that. Yes. So I was going to say, should we use that uh, mail for fun on the envelope? Maybe, you know, in quotes so that whoever receives it will say, what's that mean? And maybe inquire.
0: Could be. But I have a bunch of postcards, you know, because you can't use them for anything. So I'm going to send them through the printer and I'm going to put mail for fun stuff. And I have uh, Mm -hmm. 20, 25 people that all mail postcards to.
2: So it would be it would be counter to the uh, to the spirit of it to to create a hashtag
1: mail for fun. <laughs> well, you could create it, but it would be only on paper, right? You have to
2: mail the hashtag.
0: It says no submissions will be returned. This is not a contest. So why would you uh, return any? It's like I didn't like your mail.
3: Take it back. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's a modern way of ghosting.
0: (laughs) So anyway, Carol, shout out to you. Yes, we will take this on. We will address this as our cause with you, and uh, we will make this work. Yeah, she put a little indicia on the back, a little metal stamp thing.
1: A gold foil label.
0: Oh, that's very cute. Yeah, it's, I guess it's supposed to be a seal, but it actually doesn't seal anything because it's too high up on the flap.
1: I don't care. Looks good. It does look good.
0: So today we are going to talk about weird varieties listed in the Scotts catalog. It's got to be listed. All right. Weird varieties that you may not be aware of. Hmm. Like, uh, let's start with... Do they have to be listed? Yes, it has to be listed. Ah... Uh. So that way people can determine how much they're worth. Oh, This this is like a treasure hunting thing. This is, uh, you know, if you know that this thing exists, then you can look for it. As opposed Uh to finding, there's plenty of things that aren't listed. We could talk about that for the next hundred episodes and not run out. So you made a little list. What's the first thing on your list?
2: First one is the uh, Scott 231. Um, which is the two-cent Colombian from uh, 1869, or eight, no, oh. 1862. How 1893? 1893. 1893. 1893, there you go. Um, it's got a uh, broken hat variety, which is listed in the catalog, but it doesn't have its own sub number,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and it, there should be one, I
1: think. But. Well, there's also the companion broken frame line.
3: Yes, I was just
1: going to mention. And that's at the lower right. Right, and you can see that the frame line comes down, and it's oops, a little bit short.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: not- and and those two varieties are mutually exclusive. So if you have one, you can't have the other. They're not both on the same stamp.
2: Right, but the but the broken half variety is is popular. It is popular, very yeah. popular.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you can sell a mixture of used two cent Colombian stamps, and for a hundred stamps, you you can get a hundred bucks for those easily because people want to search through and find the broken hat variety.
0: And more than that, there are varieties of the broken hat. The broken hat is not a consistent break. It's a progressive. Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. But it was only on one spot on the sheet. It was on the die, I believe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so when the die was entered, the die gradually developed this crack or this gap or what. Nobody really knows what it is, but all of a sudden, you know, this in it's not on Columbus it's in on uh, the guy like two people next to him and one of them yeah, has a white brim like hat
1: a, it's like a notch out of his hat yeah, yeah he's got yes.
0: like a notch in his hat
3: I guess what I was getting at is just, it is only in one position though yeah it isn't, it isn't a variety that has three or four positions on the same sheet
0: nope it's just uh, different gaps mm-hmm. in the same position and I know, uh, I know a couple people who collect the different um, gaps and will show them. And I guess there's an, honestly an infinite number of gaps because each one is a little bit different from the next. But there are some that are very small and some that are very big. And by very big, we mean... Really, super small because the hat yeah. is really super small. <laughs> you
2: still have to have a magnifying glass to see it. <laughs> well, well really,
0: no, you can see them with the eye. Yeah,
3: you can really have to have it to see the broken line, though. That's that's really tough to pick out without. No, a actually, glass. I, no. That's inch. Uh, the broken line you can see with uh, without a glass. Yeah, but that's if I'm wearing my glasses. So that's. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to. And you must be an old person. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to relate to my age group that's collecting stamps. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, those people who are, uh, like, really super old.
3: (laughs) Oh, please, look around the table. (laughs) Who's wearing
0: glasses and who isn't?
1: (laughs) The majority of them.
3: Uh, Everybody
0: here but Jim is wearing glasses. (laughs) Exactly. And he should be
3: wearing glasses, too. (laughs) Yeah, I can't see you across the table. (laughs) Succumb
2: to the peer pressure. Yes. So another another popular one, I think, is the... um, is from the overrun countries, uh, Scott number 921 has a plate flaw called the Corpa
1: variety, and uh, and that's kind of a oh, cool. Yeah. That's where part of the E broke off and got turned around and stuck, and uh, so it prints like a funky kind of P with a serif at the bottom instead of an E.
2: Yeah, so it's listed in the Callic, but that one also doesn't have a sub number.
0: Nope. And- And an interesting thing about that is the stamp below it and the stamp to the right of it also show funky Korea in like broken letters, but it's not the corpa. So there are several varieties of messed up name, but only the corpa, which has a full busted letter, is listed.
1: You want to go with that. There's the 1972 Olympics stamp with the cylinder flaw, where yeah, it's got where 1460. the 1960 where the red ring is an arc instead of a full right. ring, it's right. only it's all, it's a, basically a semicircle. You're missing half of the ring, the bottom half, yeah, yeah. Also, without it, it doesn't have it. I, a think, sub- that was, was, yeah. I yeah.
3: think that was only one position, it is, it on is on all four it is. of the sheets, so and I believe it's in the plate block. Am I wrong? It's down in that corner, though. Oh, it's not. Down in a corner.
1: Um, I don't remember. I got another one for you. 619, the Minuteman. There's a variety where there's a scratch over his head. And it occurs on one position. And it's listed in the catalog. Yeah. But you never, ever, ever see it. I found one, one time, and it was on a hinge stamp, unfortunately. And I, if I remember right, the stamp has a natural straight edge also. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, let's see. On uh, plate number 16807, lower
0: left 48,
2: position 48. Yep. 48. So it's got Second a straight from, edge at the
1: bottom. Yeah.
0: The middle of the bottom.
2: Yeah. Now, what about C11, which is that uh, bicolor beacon airmail? That one's not listed. It's got and, – and why isn't that – listen, I mean – Well,
1: there's there are people who specialize in that stamp because yeah. that's the stamp that was issued for the reduction to the $0.05 airmail rate. And, you know, the, the open-door variety is actually one of the more common commonly sought varieties – but it's basically just uh, where there was kind of a dry printing. In yeah, the hold on, hold on. Door of Des- the
0: describe the stamp so that they know what door you're talking about. Well, it's
1: it's a it's an airmail beacon. It's a red and blue stamp. The the border's red. The center's blue, or excuse me, Carmen and blue. But uh, the door on the on the airmail beacon in the center. Uh, sometimes is dry printed so it looks like the doors open instead of closed and uh, but that's one of the more popularly sought after airmail but there's a lot of avid airmail collectors there's also you know different varieties where there's things that birds in the sky and and mm. other types of things on that stamp that people collect but mm. but uh, yeah, those so are not listed varieties for hidden, C-11. It's a hidden
2: uh, variety, like the uh, like the hidden menu in In-N-Out burger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> another, another, if you like little plate varieties like that, another series is the 1932 Washington Bicentennial issue. I was just going to mention the, that. The yeah. half cent through the 10 cent. A lot of those values have uh, small plate varieties, double transfers, uh, things like that in them, and... A number of them can be found in the plate blocks
0: then the four center has two varieties in the plate block. in the plate block yeah yeah so if you find the lower right plate block and i forget what number it is you know i think they've only had like four numbers so oh i got a good one
1: 784 you know what that is i don't know i don't recall what a 784 susan, is susan b anthony stamp oh, okay there's a period missing after the B on position 100. Is it listed? It's listed.
2: Right. This would be position 100 in the, in the
1: uh, lower right pane
2: of um, so it's the
1: 21590. Plate, it's the plate number single, and it's got the period missing after B in Susan B. Anthony in the inscription underneath. That's interesting because the they but. see
0: those plate blocks all the time. What, what is the uh, variety catalog for
2: uh, it uh, catalogs for four dollars. And how much is a normal stamp? Twenty-five cents. Oh, that's. Although a... I think in the new catalog, thirty cents. Ooh. Yeah.
1: But still. Yeah. I mean, it's worth looking for. Yeah. And it's it like I said, it's in the plate block, so it's easier to find. Yeah. But there's but most of these varieties we've
2: been talking about are really inexpensive. What about uh, expensive varieties like? Well, the, some of them are harder to find too.
1: Right. Like, uh, like like I said, the the Minuteman stamp is incredibly difficult to find or the 650 the uh, groundhog oh yeah on the on, on the, the wing on the wing i mean i've never seen that one that's that's uh well, my favorite also another well known one
0: my favorite double transfer is the 30 cent bison yep yeah from the uh,
1: 1927
0: issue 1927 no. uh, 25 25 22
2: 22, 22. Yeah, the flat plate.
0: Yep. Right. The flat plate 30-center has a double transfer.
2: Right. And it occurs in both the regular paper and the special print, special booklet paper.
1: Yep. And uh, the 25-cent bridge over falls. Yeah. That right. one's not nearly as impressive. But it's much more
0: expensive.
2: Yeah. yeah. What about the uh, 103.3A, the silk Coat? That's a not a printing variety, but a paper variety.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that one.
1: Silcoat was, uh, was, well, it was part of their... Uh, paper experimentation, and uh, they were the the silk paper was manufactured up in Maine, and so when they decided that they weren't going to continue that because it was too expensive, they put the sheets in one of the lo- in the local post office up there, and all of the sheets were uh, sold through that local post office, and uh, I mean every once in a while a, n- a new find of a sheet comes out, but. Uh, you know, the challenge is finding one used. The prices on those have actually been coming down over the last 15 years.
0: Well, what is Silcoate paper? I mean, what does it look like? If somebody was, I mean, looking for the double transfer of the 30-center, you could actually see the picture in the Scotts catalog. Silcoat, they don't give any description for.
1: Well, it, it, well it, it talks about being very white, and it is. And when you compare it to a regular stamp, the... The regular stamp paper is usually a little bit yellowish, even when it's bright and fresh. Compared to the silkout, it's yellowish. But you kind of have to
2: have the two together to really see the Well, you up.
1: have to see it. It makes mm-hmm. the it makes the ink color look a bit more pink. Mm-hmm. the uh, you know, not not really a Carmen Rose or, or a pink like that, but um, just more pink than the normal Carmen. So it's, it's it's very bright. The impression is extremely crisp and the paper is very white and it actually looks like it has a surface coating or sheen like on it. Like a
0: chalk paper?
1: Not cho- no. This is different. I mean, well, when, no, you, like, when you look at like the wet ch- and the dry paper yeah. p- printings, the dry paper looks like it has, uh, because it's they use higher pressure to... Uh, print the stamp, um, it gives the paper a more finished look to it. Well, the silk oat paper takes that another step further.
0: And that's why they used it. They were experimenting between wet and dry print, and they threw that paper in to test it.
1: Right, and they were looking to get as crisp a an impression as they could, and it really came out nice. But it was but, expensive. But, but it's too expensive for the difference that they saw, and... The like I said, the color is slightly different. The paper is is definitely slightly different color, and when you flip it over and look at the gum, the gum looks a little bit different too. Go so, ahead.
0: so if you're looking at, I don't know, phone bills payments from uh, Maine, and it's in the Liberty Series period, always look for this because people do find this stamp used on cover because it I, was used. It was issued. Right.
1: Right. I. I have been unable to find one, but I haven't really aggressively looked for it either. Um, but you should be able to find online exactly what town they were sold through and where, they, where the paper was manufactured, and that should tell you kind of the area that you're looking. Just look at a map and look at the towns in that area. Yes. And, uh, and Put it on sale. West, Westbrook, Maine. Westbrook, Maine. Post So, offices. so anything in that area... Has Uh, the potential anybody living in that area had the potential to go to that post office and buy a sheet and use them on Christmas cards?
2: Yeah, after December 17th, 1954.
1: Right. And so Christmas would be a a time when it, you know, if they didn't use Christmas stamps, they would would have been used. So the mint stamps catalog uh, about 275 in this catalog, which is 2020?
2: 2021.
0: 2021.
2: But the on uh, on cover fifteen thousand.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, find one used. Yeah, I've never seen one used. Well, I've I've seen fifteen thousand dollars. I've can. seen <laughs> full. I've seen full sheets. My buddy bought a full sheet for twenty eight thousand. Yeah. Uh, dollars You know, a couple decades ago, and he broke it all up and got a bunch of them graded, and then some auction house took advantage of him and quote unquote lost. Three-quarters of the ones he sent in. (laughs) Oh! And and so they never paid him for it.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's not nice. Mm -mm. No,
1: it's not. So, uh, what about China clay? Oh, yeah. China Mm. clay is a red herring. Formerly. Formerly. It's a red herring. Yeah. Um, You know, there's lots of theories as to where it came from or what caused it, but it was not an intentional paper variety. And uh, mostly accepted now is maybe it was just, uh, you know, the water that they were using to make the paper was maybe, you know, after a flood or something. So there was a more silt in it than normal or something from the local water source. That's what I
0: heard also. Yeah. And
1: that's generally, so it, it's not really, but it, it kind of makes the gum look a little wonky and the paper look a little bit more gray than normal. But um, it's not a true paper variety.
2: Right. Per but se, it, so it was listed and then got delisted.
1: It was listed for a number of years and then it got delisted when they, you know, they were trying to prove that it was a bureau intentional uh, paper variety and it never was.
3: What about the um, uh, overrun nations reverse printings? Ugh. None of those Ugh. have letters.
1: Well, I've, I've talked to four or five friends who were all in the printing business. And basically every single one of them tells me that that's a bunch of hooey because depending on the way the inks were mixed, uh, the humidity, uh, the specific gravities of the inks when they were put on, and atmospheric conditions, the inks would, because they were all applied wet together, one right after the other, some of them would float on others and some of them would sink and you know depending on how rapidly they dried in between stages some may have dried first so they look one way whereas others were wet when the next color came along and so they look different and uh, it's definitely they and the other thing is you have the large plates, which they cut down into panes, sometimes had different countries on, you know, you have four, four panes on the large printing plate. And sometimes you'd have two and two with two different countries, uh, one on each side. And on one you get red over black and on the other one you don't or something like that. And it's, it's, so it's really weird. And, it makes no sense as to why would you change, and even if they were all plates made for the one country, why would you change the order of the plates, where that you know that they went through the press and had the colors printed, you wouldn't. I mean, these were done in basically one print run at a time, and
0: yeah, it would you know. go through and the first one would print red, and then it would go directly on a continuous web. Right into the next one, which would print blue, or and black. the next one would print black or whatever you know, whatever order it was. But you would never like stop it and say, "Oh, uh, skip this one and go over that." Oh, and they. Oh come wait, back. wait,
1: wait a minute. Let's let's move the the blue plate to the first stage, yeah, and the red plate to the last stage, and put the black in the middle this time. And you know, you wouldn't stop the press and do that. So there's no such thing really as a reverse printing. It's just the way that they look. Mm.
2: No, I I totally believe that because when I was a kid, there was a product called pudding cake, and you mixed up batter and you mixed up the pudding, and you put the batter on the bottom of the plate, and and then the pudding went on the top, and you put it in the oven, and then when it was done cooking, the pudding was at the bottom and the cake was at the top.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Magic. So, yeah. So, so you know, I I, I well, totally that, could, that. That could also be the fact that you took the pan, flipped it over, on the, <laughs> flipped it over on the plate. <laughs> uh, if that happened, it happened in the in the oven because oh, I, I that was totally magic.
2: I know I have a recipe for that.
1: <laughs> it's called pineapple upside down cake.
3: <laughs> it's a magic cake.
2: Uh So another stamp I want to get that's on my list is four seventy six A. Uh oh. Uh oh! Right, we're going to be controversial here. Right, a stamp that uh, now doesn't exist, but uh, uh, it's I've still heard listed it, in the catalog. It's still listed it in the exists. catalog. It exists. I've heard it described as now having a uh, a ghost watermark. Yeah, I prefer to call it a stealth watermark.
3: <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> well, it can't be stealth because you can see the watermark. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be a ghost, right? <laughs> but I want one
2: that's that has a certificate. Because well, it, the, it exists with certificate, and the China clay papers
1: also exist with certificates. Right. Right. And and you know if I get one and uh, I have no problem say formally described as China clay paper, because they were. Yeah. You know it, it's different. But and you it, wouldn't say formally
0: described as four seventy six A because well, four seventy six A. No. four seventy
1: six. The the listing in the catalog doesn't pass the smell test. There's. Uh, Three different plate numbers, one pane with one plate number, a second pane with a different plate number, and a third partial with a third plate number. Okay, so if there's three different plate numbers, that means there must be a whole bunch of panes out there. Well, where are they? Nobody's ever found them. It doesn't, that doesn't pass the smell test. Then nobody's ever seen a used one, because when you soak the gum off, you can see the watermark. So, uh, and and then uh, based on the bureau records, those plates never went to press during the during un-watermarked. the unwatermarked period. Yeah, they so had
0: plenty of thirty-cent stamps.
1: They had plenty on hand. They had no need to reprint those, so they didn't. And so it just doesn't pass the smell test as ha- being existing. Not not to set aside the fact that every time I stick one in our VSC uh, video spectral comparator uh, faint though they may be the watermark shows up it's the
0: only stamp that we certify where we show two pictures on the certificate one picture of the stamp like normal and then next to it is a picture of the VSC showing where the watermark is and uh, several auction companies
1: don't send them to us anymore I would say none of them do. <laughs> the only the only time we get one is occasionally a collector's now a collector will send us one because they don't know. And they want or, to send it
0: back. Or an auction house
1: who hasn't formally done a whole lot of business with us gets one and they send it to us. But other than that, we rarely see them anymore because every one we get we find a watermark on.
2: Yeah. But I think it's a fascinating issue because if you have one that has a certificate, it's always going to be worth more than just the normal stamp.
0: Well it, yes, except that in the nineteen nineties, this stamp sold for ten thousand dollars. It was worth ten thousand bucks. The,
1: the, the, I see them now selling eight, about the, two thousand dollars. The, right? the watermarked variety is four thirty nine. dollars and the quote-unquote underwatermarked variety. 476A. No, no, no. no.
0: Quote, it's yeah. ghost watermarked. The, the listing. <laughs> uh,
1: if if you grab catalogs from the early 90s and you look at the progression of the values, the value of the 476A was approximately three to five times what a 439 went for. Now they're almost equivalent. Yeah. Well,
0: the, the humorous thing in my world is Uh, there was a debate going on in the press and a person put out an article on it and then I commented that, yeah, no. And then they wrote back and said, here is a list of all the famous philatelists who have expertized this stamp and said it exists. And my response was very, very short. I said, you don't vote on whether there's a watermark, and at that point it was like nothing. Everybody goes, "Yeah, you're right." You know, you, you, you either there's a watermark or there isn't. But like I said, they're calling it a ghost watermark now.
1: Well, you know, back I, back they in don't early call
0: it a stealth back bomber. in the early two thousands,
1: <laughs> um, there was an article in the Stamp Market Quarterly where the editor challenged the entire philatelic community to come forward with a PERF 11 30 cent stamp that showed a watermark. And then he would say that, OK, 476A exists because you know the 30 cent unwatermarked PERF 11 exists, the 516. Well, guess what? <laughs> Nobody ever came forward. Well,
0: and I do believe that there is a potential for 476A to exist. Well, it, because there was, we got a pair of two cent value of that issue.
1: Well, that's, you the know, top one. Had, it doesn't exist because it was never, it, it wasn't that two cent value was printed on watermarked paper. It just didn't show the watermark. Right. Because it was of a the freak positioning of the watermark such that if you broke it out of the multiple you wouldn't be able to see the watermark it was just on the very very tips of the purse no it wasn't even and you would totally miss it
0: yeah it was the stamp above it clearly showed a really nice well-centered perfectly printed p and then below it there was no watermark showing on the stamp the The spacing between it, and we figured that it was probably at the end of the sheet. So there was no uh, watermark to the left. There was a watermark to the right with the stamp that is gone. But the stamp above it had a watermark. This stamp had no sign of the watermark. So a 476A
1: could exist. Well, but 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 by saying it's a 476A, (laughs) you're saying it was issued in... A printing that was printed on unwatermarked paper, which is not true. The paper is actually watermarked. That particular stamp just doesn't show it.
0: But if you broke the two stamps apart,
1: it wouldn't show it. But it's still not a four seventy six A.
0: But you would be able to say, "Where's the watermark?" And there really, truly, wouldn't be a watermark on it.
1: You might have a wa- you might have a leg to stand on, but
0: but that's like not I the s- case for the two hundred. But it's not th- true. There's two hundred and fifty of them, I believe, that were certified
1: close to that somewhere around there somewhere around like i said two full sheets and then a bunch of
0: out of the 250 here at psc we have looked at positions because they wrote the position numbers on the back
1: we have looked at all three sheets all all three yeah and found watermarks yeah so anything that comes from one of the certified multiples that had a plate number is clearly not from a unwatermarked sheet
0: but it's possible
1: now anybody who's tried to watermark one of those 30 centers know that knows that it's a real headache sometimes to find those watermarks which is why a lot of times the vsc is about the only way we can find them um because you know even even the experts have trouble seeing watermarks sometimes no on any
0: yellow or orange stamp the 10 center is notorious for the same thing you just can't see the watermark. Yeah. That's very tough. Okay. Off the controversial stuff. Now, let's get to something not controversial. The, oh, po- the I know, polio stamp. I know a variety that's listed. You were talking about in, inexpensive varieties. R- here's a really super expensive variety. A U.S. number five. <laughs> the one center. Yeah. It occurs on a position on a sheet where 200 of them were printed on the pane. So this is one position out of 200 positions. On one printing plate. On one printing plate. So it's not an issue. They didn't issue that stamp. It's just a variety, much like the bridge over the Niagara Falls or the Bison 30-cent double transfer or the gopher on the wing. Excuse me, prairie dog on the wing. I don't want to get my animals wrong. But, uh, yeah, number five catalogs. Over $100,000 now, I think.
2: Yeah, so it's a stamp that should not exist on its its own number. Take Scott
1: number 634. You have the long-ear variety, which is listed, and you have the Smiling George. Which is listed. And these are all recuts and things like that. That uh, 634 was printed in massive amounts with a huge number of plates. And so there's, there's bound to be plate varieties out there. There's tons and tons of them.
0: Cloudy French and put I, a book. I,
1: I would say uh, if you're interested in plate varieties like that, go to the U.S. Stamp Society. And they have a book by Cloudy French called Bureau Issue Plate Varieties. And it's in an olive green cover. And uh, it, it doesn't illustrate all the varieties it describes, but it describes a whole boatload of varieties. And it actually tells you when and if they can, where they were reported in the press of the time. Yep.
0: Yeah, I because I, I have one from that, uh, the long year issue. And it wasn't the long year. It was um, another recut. I forget what it was, but it was on a plate block. And it was very distinctive looking. It was really weird. Not listed at all in the catalog. Pull up French. It's right there.
1: I mean, for the longest time, the Smiling George wasn't listed. And then a few years ago, they listed that. But there are some very striking recuts on the 634. Yep.
0: Which somebody... Uh, I forget, it was it somebody at the table bought a uh, type 1, or excuse me, a type 2 on cover that was listed as a type 1? I forget. No, it wasn't anybody here. Anyway, they were, uh, it was an item listed on eBay. Really super nice looking cover. And they go, is this a type 2? And I go, yeah, that's type 2. So instead of being a, I don't know, $2 cover, it was like a hundred dollar cover yeah. so
1: always good to find
0: yep so one last good one before we ha- sign off here Jim you haven't brought one up
3: oh you're looking to me yeah <laughs> you guys have talked about I brought up the the um, well I didn't bring it up I brought it up to mark the broken ring um, on the six cent a uh, 616 mm-hmm. five cent. Uh, the broken 14, sor- the 1460
1: 1460 oh, yeah. the 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, 616 the five cent Huguenot Walloon has the uh, the broken, broken ring. ring at the bottom of the right numeral value occurs on a single plate. four positions at the top of the at the top of the plate. So if you buy the plate block you can potentially get three positions out of the four. Each one is different and identifiable.
0: I don't know if I'm more impressed or more sorry that you know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Off the top of my head, not looking at the catalog, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that,
0: everybody start looking for varieties. They are fun to find, and everybody here at the table looks for them. And uh, if you find some, you're going to have some really rare stamps. They're not going to have a lot of value, but you get a lot of bragging rights out of it.
1: Well, one one last comment. The earlier the issue, the, a lot of times the more likely you are to find them because they were more hands-on, less computer-generated, less, you know, they more hand-done, hand and there's been a lot more time for people to look for stuff. So older issues tend to have more stuff to find.
0: Oh, and just a really quick note. Uh, we've been sending out a lot of the uh – Sulfur, uh sulfurization screens. Yeah, the magical screens. The magical sulfurization screen. If you join, you know, uh, you send us the 10 bucks, we send you the certificate and everything, and we also send you one of the screens. Uh, we're kind of running out. If a bunch of people, you know, join, then I'll buy another roll and cut them up. But otherwise, this is going to be sort of like the end of the free offer period.
3: Yeah, you, you advertised that wrong. You should have said only four left. Yeah, uh, hurry now. Get it now. Only four left before yeah. the holidays.
0: Well, I mean, I did tell you, uh, since we put the join the stamp show here today at the beginning, yeah. we've literally doubled the number of people who have joined. Well, so uh, there you go. Kudos to everybody who has joined. Thank you, actually. Yeah. To all you freeloaders out there.
3: Uh, <laughs> Get your magic screen. Yeah, yeah, magic screen. It can actually wow, turn last. into money. <laughs> Turn
1: your stamps into real money. I actually saw an item from from uh, somebody that listens to the podcast where they bought a stamp that was had a certificate that described sulfurization, and they resubmitted it, and the sulfurization was gone, and they ended up getting a one hundred on their stamp. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, those things work. Yep.
0: And happy collecting, everybody.
3: We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada,
0: 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. (laughs) Because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah.
3: Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come
1: to go. If this still comes was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show.
2: See you some other time!
0: <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.